Life Audio. Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello. Welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth. Because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. At Holy Love Ministries, we are passionate about helping God's children discover, embrace, and live in God's freedom. We would love to connect with you online. Just visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I'm Jennifer Slattery, and I believe today's discussion has the potential to drastically improve our relationships, our work environments, and really our ministry teams, wherever we encounter people, even if we feel those interactions are relatively healthy, because I think we'd all agree we're all a bit broken. We live in a broken world full of other broken people, and that hurts. We've all been wounded in some way, which can cause us to live in fear. Many, if not all of us, we know the sting of betrayal, rejection, and maybe even abandonment, and we do not want to get hurt again. And to prevent that, many of us have developed defense mechanisms, behaviors that we believe consciously or unconsciously will shield us from pain, but those behaviors can actually work against us. They can damage our relationships and lead to increased tension, strife, and distrust. Well, Today, I brought on mental health professional Tina Yeager to help us recognize, understand, and address these actions and reactions that, left unchecked, can hinder the depth of connection that our souls most crave. Tina, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for allowing me to be with you here, Jennifer. I appreciate you and your ministry so much. Well, Tina has been on our podcast before to discuss some practical ways you and I can counter our anxiety. If you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to do so. It's episode 55, titled Fighting Anxiety by Fighting Stress, hugely important. Well, Tina is an award-winning author. She's a speaker, licensed counselor, and life coach. She encourages audience to fulfill their potential. Her 10-week, 10 minutes a day, Subdue Stress and Anxiety course features 15 expert presenters. She hosts the Flourish Met podcast. Check out Beautiful Warrior, Finding Victory Over the Lies Formed Against You, and look for Upcycled, Crafted for a Purpose, published by Bold Vision this year. 
and connect with Tina at tinayeager.com. That's Y-E-A-G-E-R. And she also has a new freebie resource you can grab from upcycledbook.com. Now I'm going to make sure to put both of those links in our show notes. So reference back to those to find those. Tina, before we get too far into our discussion, can you give us a brief explanation to help us understand really what defense mechanisms are? Well, defense mechanisms are really our way of protecting ourselves. When you've been hurt before, the natural inclination is to want to cover that place you've been hurt so you don't get hurt again. That's kind of a normal response. I mean, if you touch a hot stove, you don't want to do that again, right? So you make sure that you're not going to touch the hot stove. Well, in our defense mechanisms, sometimes we start to overprotect ourselves to the point where we're insulating ourselves from good things too. And we can even harm ourselves and our relationships, not meaning to, and not because we're bad people, but just because kind of like an allergy is an overactive immune system, your defense mechanisms emotionally can get overactive too. And then they can become really irritating and unpleasant to you instead of helpful. I think this is something we all struggle with at at different points, correct? Yes, because we all get hurt. So everybody's going to have some kind of way of defending themselves from getting hurt again. So yes, we all have defense mechanisms. I've even done it before where I've overreacted to my husband based on something that he reminded me of that really wasn't what he was attempting to do. But I reacted to that thing I was protecting myself against not to what he just did. And then I overreacted. We actually had a little thing happen in Hobby Lobby a few weeks ago where where he did something and I was just like, oh, no, you did it and got really mad. And and then we we dealt with it later. But I had to recognize I felt embarrassed. I felt shame. And I was reacting to all of that, not to what was really in our relationship, because that was not his intention but it was what I was reacting to. I wonder too, you know, as as I'm hearing your story, like with your, how long have you been married? It's been a while. It's been 30 years now. So I imagine you've reached a place in your relationship where you have a bit of safety, like with one another, where you can kind of start to recognize, like you you had said, well, that wasn't his intent. So what about when we're, we're really not sure about the intent of the other person and we feel threatened? That is often the case. And you have to step back and be willing to kind of evaluate, is this what I'm reacting to that's happening now? Or is this a previous relationship where I felt unsafe? Because you might be seeing red flags in your relationship and your relationship might really not be safe. And you need to be willing to pay attention to those red flags and be aware if this really isn't a safe relationship, I have to consider whether I can be in this or not. Sometimes you need to pay attention to those emotions, but other times it's simply a a little weed springing back up from a previous relationship where that weed got seeded in and you're, you're feeling like this is just like that. And this isn't really just like that. So kind of writing out the, what is making me feel unsafe? Is this going to always be something somebody would notice as unsafe? And just checking out whether you're a red flag emotionally is really demonstrated in the situation that you're facing. You know, I really like how you bring back to 
understanding what it is making the person feel unsafe. And I think that can take time, right? Like we can, Mm -hmm. I I have worked with women who don't even really recognize when they're reacting. And then when you ask them about it, they don't, they don't necessarily know why they're doing it. So what does that process maybe look like? Well, I would say probably see a counselor would be very helpful, but that would be helpful. And you can find online a wheel that shows what domestic violence symptoms look like. And if you look at that and you see those things in your current relationship, then your red flags are warning you wisely. This is not safe. But if those things are not there, but they were there before in other relationships, whether it's domestic violence or just an unhealthy friendship, know when people are not respecting your boundaries, when they're not respecting you, when they're trying to control or manipulate you. Those are things that you should pay attention to. If that isn't what people are doing, then you need to have a conversation with them and and be willing to, well, first you need to have a conversation with yourself. Why am I upset? And I think we were going to talk about that. Why is this bothering me? Kind of trying to recognize that in your own life. Not with shame, because again, this is a defense mechanism, like your allergic system, like your neurological system. It's made to protect you but sometimes it goes a little bit overboard and you need to learn to recognize when you can rein that back in and you can make new choices. That's the good news about that. You can kind of work through that. You know, and speaking how you said, check with the person and also, is this a safe person? And so I have had women in in ministries I've ran where one woman in particular, she was in a process of healing and just kind of working through stuff. And she was very sensitive to just, you know, comments and and conversations. But I had so much respect for her because she would send me messages and she would say like she would read something, which I will first say, I will not post anything passive aggressive on social media. So if if you think it's about you, it's not. (laughs) But but she would send me a message and say, hey, did you post that because I did this or I said this or are you intending this? And I think that took a lot of courage for her to do. And I can just imagine that she probably felt because that's kind of putting yourself in a humble state. But I will say two things. My respect for her really elevated because I'm like, wow, that was super courageous. And it also it helped us each time she did that. It helped us get to a new level of safety in the relationship because I was able to say, you know what? No, that that wasn't about you. I'm so glad you asked. And this was, you know, this I mean, it was maybe a, a verse I was reading or an article I was writing, whatever. But I think to that also to kind of piggyback on when you said, like, is this a safe person? Had I responded to her in her state of healing with, well, why would you ask that and kind of thrown it back in her face? That would not have been healthy for her or helpful. So I think right. if if we're telling someone, hey, I, I am afraid right now because of your response or how I'm reading your response and they hear it in the in the and say, okay, I I hear that you are trying to deepen our relationship and they respond with love. That is a a healthy, strong, good relationship to cultivate. If they become negative or attacking, then that might be an indication that, hey, this, this person isn't someone I can really move towards healing with. And I think like Tina said, we've got to really evaluate what level is that relationship right now? Is this a relationship I can really be emotionally safe with. That doesn't mean to cut everybody off, right? Because I mean, we can't always, but just to be alert to, it's okay to say, hey, I am afraid and I'm checking in. Right. And knowing where you're at with that person, that person may be broken. And if you're sensitive and they're broken, it's kind of like you having an open wound and brushing it against a cactus. 
So you want to make sure that you're around people that are safe, that are in a place of wellness themselves when you're in a place where you need to find healing. You don't have the thick skin to be around cactus people right now. So just recognize where you're at and know what's going to be best for you in your state of healing. It's not a shame thing to know I'm in a place where I can be a little extra sensitive, but it is important for you to realize that. So you know which people to let close and which people to kind of limit your time with, so to speak, keep yourself safe. And I would actually, I, I think we maybe need to kind of sit here for a minute because I think this will be really confusing and difficult for listeners, especially if you're talking about family, right? Or especially mm-hmm. if it's one of those family situations where say you're really close to your dad, but your mom, maybe you've had some challenges with or an in-law. And so I think that can be challenging. What are some ways you can say in love, like I need some space to process because we don't want to be hurtful, right? We don't want to be condemning and we don't ever want to shame someone else. So how can we say I'm at a place where I need to kind of get strong in a way that is honoring to ourselves without being damaging to them? Sometimes it's good to say that. And sometimes you don't need to say that. Sometimes you just need to limit the amount of time you spend with those people because they may not be able to receive that. If you're coming from a place where you have a lot of family dysfunction, a lot of people are not going to own that. There are people who want to get better and there are people who have no intention of ever changing. And so if you're dealing with family members who are broken but who are in a place where they are thinking, I'd rather just blame everybody else and not have to change. And there are those people that just don't want to change. They don't want to get well. They just want to blame it on everybody else and not take responsibility for their healing. And if that's what you're looking at, if you're looking at somebody who's actively in addiction, sometimes that happens when someone's actively in addiction, because in order to face what you need to change, you have to let go of that addiction. And so part of that process is not owning that the addiction is something you have to be responsible for or anything else. So that's kind of one of those pieces to be aware of and just, you know, say, I love you, but I recognize what your limitations are in in your, in your head. You don't have to say that out loud to that person. You may just need to kind of say, I can make that phone call once a month, once a week, know what it is that you can handle, get through that time that you have to spend with them. But then put that much more exponentially more good things, positive people, healthy people into your life to offset the impact of the amount of time that you really can't completely avoid spending if it's a close family member with that person. I really like how you emphasized really feeding joy into your soul is kind of how I joy filled relationship, joy filled interactions. And I I think sometimes in our world today, we don't understand the the depth and the value of really seeking out intentional joy. So I really love that. I was listening as I was researching today's episode, I was listening to a podcast. Now I don't I don't know their theology. So I will I will say that, but it was the Empowered Couple podcast. And they said something that I really liked. And they they said that every communication with one another it either leads to increased connection or increased disconnection. And that was a bit of a a new way I that made it easier for me to frame it. It was able uh, it made me to say, okay, I want connection. So am I moving towards 
connection. I, I guess it felt like hearing it that way put me in the driver's seat a bit. And that's one of the things that triggers us when we start to get defensive is feeling helpless. So it's good to recognize that we have choices. We can choose to move toward greater connection by recognizing what our triggers are and recognizing where they come from. And that can be tricky. It's not something that happens overnight. It takes time to start to recognize when did I feel like this before? When did I get triggered into this sort of emotional place before where I feel like I have to protect myself? It may have been really early childhood. It may be really difficult to identify when you felt helpless, when you felt discounted, when you felt shamed by somebody, when you felt disrespected or whatever that trigger is, whatever that emotion is that's under needing to feel like you have to push away. And that can look like lots of things that can look like being sarcastic. It can look like being really snippy, just overtly pushing somebody away. It can look like discounting that person's point of view. It can look like a lot of different kinds of things, those defense mechanisms that we often do, where we pull back, we shut down, we stop talking, or we walk out of the room, or we do the opposite and attack that person and just really get angry and nasty with them. There's different personalities. You can be the flight, the fight, the flight, or the freeze person where you shut down and you don't say anything and that's freezing, or you get away from them and pushing them away can be laughing or it can be being sarcastic, which is kind of passive aggressive in a way, not to shame you for doing it, but it is, it's like, I can say something and it's, it's supposed to be funny, but it's actually kind of got teeth in it where it's biting you at the same time. I'm smacking you on the back. I'm hitting you, but I'm not hitting you hard enough to get you know, in trouble for hitting you. So those kinds of things where you're either attacking, you're drawing away, or you're freezing show that you have a defense mechanism happening in that moment. So when did you feel like that before? What emotion is it bringing out? What are those thoughts about yourself that this is bringing up? What is that thought about that other person? Are you thinking about this other person differently just as soon as they said that? And why? Why? Who else did you think of that way? And that'll kind of help you recognize what your triggers are. And if you're aware of your triggers, again, that kind of puts you in the driver's seat so you can start to manage it and work through it. I think too, it's helpful. A lot of times, so, you know, scripture talks about like a a gentle answer will turn away wrath and a harsh reply kind of stirs, like stokes things up. And I, I think when we look at it through that perspective too, a lot of times people become defensive with each other, right? And maybe we might even have a pattern develop of defensiveness. We've got this history that we bring into every interaction. But if if we can recognize that they're passive aggressive, snipey, snarpy, what do you call it? Snippy, 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 being snippy, or any of those other withdrawing that it's their fear of disconnection as well. Then it, then I think we won't take it quite so personal. Right. And that's usually what's happening is your triggers and my triggers are clashing into each other. We're triggering each other and we have a conflict all at the same time. It's very less often that only one person is getting triggered. It's usually both people at the same time. And if you're in a safe relationship, you can come back together and say, look, this is what I was feeling, but you need time. If you try to do that right there in that second, it's probably not going to happen because your whole frontal lobe of your brain, when you feel like you're in that fight, flight or freeze moment, when your heartbeat is up, that is not going to work. That part of your brain just isn't working. It's totally shut down. So you're going to have to give yourself time to get back to resting heart rate, work through it, 
pray through it. That's usually my best salvation. We had a, an interaction just this weekend, actually. And one of us got a little defensive with the other and I got defensive at his defensive. And then I had to pray through it. And I was like, really pressure freaking just angry and couldn't even focus on my Bible study. And the Lord was like, you need to treat him like you love him. And I was like, I don't like hearing that. I just want to hear that how wrong he is. <laughs> so, but, but that's really not how that works. Sometimes you have to kind of go, I have to remember that I love this person and remember to love them through what threatened me, what upset me, where I felt wronged and love them where they need to be loved because they were triggered too. And later, after we had both calmed down, it came out all this stuff that was going on that he was stressed about. And then it triggered me for feeling disrespected. And all of those things kind of came together and clashed all at the same time. And then we had to come back and we were able to talk to each other about this is what was triggered in me. And this is what was triggered in you. And, and we still love each other. And we're going to try to be careful of those things next time. So if you're in a relationship that's a healthy, good relationship, being able to respect what the other person needs, not just look at what they're doing. Yeah. And I had I had read somewhere, too, that I think is a good way to I mean, you know, you, you keep emphasizing, which I love being a student. I think, you know, having a growth mindset. And I always try to remember, you know, God does call us to freedom. And sometimes I think we forget that when we're in conflict or when we're we, we think, OK, he wants us to and he does to love that person. But he also wants to love us at the same time, which creates, I think, this sense of safety. But somebody had said in one of the podcasts I listened to that when we tend to feel defensive, I think some of it can be a, a habit, obviously, but that it's often that we maybe don't feel loved, that we don't feel like our perspective or our or, or our emotions that we'll be heard and validated or that we don't think we'll be able to work through the issue. So I think, you know, all those three places of fear, right? But when I heard that, there were certain relationships that I was able to kind of pull back and say, okay, well, I notice in these interactions, I'm more apt to feel defensive. And then I, when I was able to look through those things, I'm like, okay, that's that's true. I don't really feel da 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 but that again, it shifted me. Okay. So that's true about this relationship. That doesn't mean anything's true about me and knowing that's true about this relationship, but then that's an indication. Okay. God, what are you saying about me? How can I get these things from you? So it kind of helped me again, like you said, but being in the driver's seat, like being more cognizant, I guess, just of, of everything that was going on and and how to bring Christ into those moments, I think. Mm -hmm. And he can direct us how to deal with people that are safe people. Like in that ex example that I just gave, that's somebody that I need to stay close with. That's somebody that I would reconcile with. But there might be other relationships that I'm not going to be as close with because those people are not going to be safe people. And the Lord can direct me to treat them lovingly, but not necessarily invite them to hold my heart in their hands. I'm not going to invite them to come in as close and I'm not going to have that much, you know, somewhat reconciliation to the point of being able to be peaceable with the people that I'm with in those relationships. But there may be less intimacy in those friendships and relationships because those people just have limitations and they're not capable of handling that close intimacy right now. It's not because I don't love them, but that's where they're at. And that's okay. I can work with them on that. 
I don't need to be judging them. I don't need to be giving them my heart so that they can break it. You know, it's just a, a matter of, I mean, even Jesus had different circles. He had a close, intimate circle. He had a circle of 12. He had some other followers. And then he had the masses. And in that large group of the masses, those were the people that turned on him. Even in his small group, a couple of those people turned on him eventually. But those were the people that he chose. Do I reconcile with this person? Or is this person that isn't going to reconcile with me? And he knew the difference between the two that betrayed him, which one he would reconcile with and which one was beyond reconciliation because he was just not choosing that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that can be really confusing in a faith community, especially where we're taught to be loving and to be kind and we and we need to be those things. But I do think sometimes we can attach all of these expectations to our relationships that then make it can make it really confusing. You know, like you've used we both have used some examples, like if you come from a biological family that maybe is not as healthy as it could have been. And then we can think reading certain passages like, well, I have to forgive and show grace. And we do. I mean, we do need to forgive and show grace, but I like how you make the distinction between we can be loving, but we can be loving from a distance. Some people are not safe to reconcile with to a certain extent. You can forgive them, but you know, if someone has abused a child, that may not be the person that you invite over for dinner. That may not be somebody that you reconcile with, but forgiving them sets you free. So there's a difference, huge difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. And there may be limitations to that relationship, even after you reconcile and make peace with them. And you can be in a courteous relationship if that person does not choose healing, if they are not in a place of healing yet, and they can still cause harm and damage. There's a limit to which you can trust them to hold your heart and stay close to you. So know the difference between the level of reconciliation that's safe and just forgiving so that you set yourself free. So in in your journey of just kind of recognizing your own defense mechanisms and, and moving past them, what does that look like for you? I mean, do you have somebody in your life, like one person in particular that you feel can, you know, you kind of, you check in with one another or hold each other accountable or what, what does that look like? I have a couple of friends that I know that if I, if I need to process something or if I need prayer, those friends are safe and healthy friends. And if we were to ever misunderstand each other, which with those particular friends, they're such healthy people that we haven't really had that happen. I just know that you can just be honest and say, well, when you say that, this, this is kind of how that sounds to me. And give that person an opportunity to clarify what they really mean, because a lot of conflict and division and defensiveness happens when we filter what someone says or does through a previous experience or through a woundedness that we have. It can be like cataracts on our eyes. We only see what we can see through our issues. And until we get those healed completely, we'll continue to see those. And, you know, I still have things that, you know, I can have triggers on. Like if somebody seems like they're being really disrespectful, I can kind of overreact to that sometimes, you know? Like if the salesman is is being particularly chauvinistic and uses those diminutive terms toward women and towards me, I can get a little, <laughs> I get my hackles all up. Um, so, you know, there's just little some things that you know that that's you and that's how you respond. But I can be aware of those things and kind of minimize how much I overreact because I'm aware of them. Is, is that answering your question? I think so. Yeah. I think just being aware of where... Your boundaries are, and I know you've had several episodes on boundaries, 
just if you're not aware of that, be kind of aware of where I stop and other people who begin. How can I be responsible for my well-being, for what I say, what I do, for what I'm thinking about, for how I feel, and not, like you said, with expectations, shove that responsibility onto somebody else and say, here's my heart, take care of it. Human beings are not capable of that. And the person I probably process with the best is Jesus. Yes. When I go to him, I know his perspective is going to be complete. He's going to see me and love me and give me grace, but he's also not going to let me go off in some really toxic negative tangent for very long. He'll let me complain. He'll let me vent. And then he'll say, okay, are you done? And then he'll kind of get me to a place where I can shift my focus toward doing what's healthy for my relationship with him my relationship with me and my relationship with other people, because all of those are connected. How we treat other people and how we let ourselves be treated and how we receive love from God and from others is connected. It's all connected with our relationship with God. And he will help us find joy in healthy relationships and help us to recognize, you know, this is a trigger that you have that you're responding to because we may not be able to see it without his help, but he is faithful. If we ask for wisdom, he is faithful to give it to us. And that's where we need to find that insight the best. And I would say be patient with that too, because I don't know yeah. about you, but oh, it seems yeah. like Jesus gives me like a little nugget and then a little nugget and then a little, and I want just, I want him to download the, the full picture and wholeness and everything and healing all in one day. That would be awesome. But he's normally a lot more gradual with me. So well, with all of us, I think the fact that it takes us time to become more like Christ shows us how we can have grace with other people who are still broken, who still have limitations. We can remember, I can still love you, even if you're not healed yet. And I can show you grace because I know I need it. I'm not fully there yet either. So it kind of helps us give grace when we need to take time to heal. Well, that's awesome. Well, again, Tina, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. It was great. Lots of great insight. And then to our listeners, make sure to check out the show notes to get that freebie that she mentioned. And then just and just kind of poke around her site. She's got a lot of great stuff. Tell us a little about your book before you go. Yes, it's called Upcycled, Crafted for a Purpose. It's about whenever you feel worn, rusty, broken, too damaged to be used by God. God is a great upcycler. And just like we take vintage items and junk and we make it into something beautiful and purposeful, God makes us into purposeful works of art for his kingdom. And it's got crafts that you can do with friends, with groups, or by yourself, and you can give them. It's got suggestions on places you can donate them for missions as well. Oh, awesome. And that's another way to, you talk about pouring joy into our souls. I think that's another way to do that as well. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, I would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and then you won't miss a single episode. Make sure to rate it. That helps others to find it. And then it encourages our team as well and share it with your friends. And we just hope that today you got some insight to just keep moving forward, knowing that Jesus does call you to freedom. And so until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free. Faith Over Fear is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com.
This is Chris Christensen, and back in 2006, I started a simple project, a project to try and introduce more people to the Bible through Bible study called the Bible Study Podcast. It's a simple name and a simple idea. Each week, every week, we study one chapter of the Bible, talk about what it says and what that might mean for us today. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for the Bible Study Podcast on your favorite podcast app.